Amen. Oh, hallelujah. At this juncture, we want to zoom into the word. Hallelujah. Let's take our writing pads, our notebooks, and our pens as we receive the administration of our own Reverend Dr. Nicholas Darko. With a round of applause unto God, let's invite him. Keep clapping, keep clapping, keep clapping. Praise the Lord. May the peace of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us all. We thank God for yet another moment that we can spend time to worship him and trust him in all so that we can get the benefits that comes out of it. Well, this evening, as we think of breaking the walls of Jericho through worship and prayer, we pray that throughout this week, whatever word that comes will fulfill the purpose of God. And you being a part, you will get your own portion of the fulfillment of the word of God. I will take my time to read all the 20 verses. Then after that, I will not read any verse again. I'll just mention them from Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 through to 20. Now the gates of Jericho, from the NIV, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands, along with his kings and his fighting men. I'm taking my time to read because in those days, uh, in the olden days, nobody had a Bible. The Bible was one. So the priest would read. Then everybody would listen from the original Bible. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with his king and his fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Verse 4. Have seven priests carry the trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets have the whole army give a loud shout then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up everyone straight in so Joshua son of Nun called the priests and said to them 
take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carrying trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward blowing the trumpets and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord. Why the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because he hid the spies with sent. But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. Hallelujah. I just wanted you to get the word because this is the word. I just want to say something about it. So that's why I've taken my time to read all this. Tonight, as we focus on breaking the walls of Jericho, I just want to give you a very short story. And the story is that, or the import of this Jericho wall breaking, is that the effect of the Israelites crossing the Jordan, the effect of that crossing 
the effect was the breaking of the walls of Jericho, crossing the Jordan. When they were able to cross the Jordan, the effects, what the crossing of Jordan did was that the first effect, that was not the only effect, but the first topmost was the falling of the walls of Jericho. Oh, hallelujah. Why am I saying that? We read from Joshua chapter 3. And when we read from Joshua chapter 3, which is on crossing the Jordan, it's a very long story which runs up to chapter 4. Crossing, the preparation to cross the Jordan. It's a long story which runs up to chapter 4. And this is what happens. This is the account. So when you read Joshua chapter 3 and 9, verse 1, the crossing of the Jordan was not just a miracle. It was a confirmation of what God was going to use the Israelites to do across Jordan. But in all of this, what happened was that God gave them instructions. So when we are talking about the walls of Jericho coming down, it did not just come down like that. It has started a long time. Oh, hallelujah. And the other verse you use in Genesis 34. Genesis 34, the 13 and 14, also have effect on this. Because here, Genesis 34 was also about instructions. It was the second commandment that God gave Moses. When he called Moses and he went alone, when the Israelites has worshipped idols, uh, with Aaron leading them, worshipping idols that he has made with his hands, what happened was that Joshua, uh, Moses was annoyed and he broke the commandments. So 34, Genesis 34, oh sorry, Exodus. Exodus 34, that we are talking about, the second verse we have quoted, Exodus 34 was account of how God forgave the Israelites of their sin and he gave them a second chance. So that's the story. He gave them a second chance. They had misbehaved, but God gave them a second chance. And in that second chance, he promised them that he was going to help them to take over those tribes and the tribes where the parasites, Amorites, and all those things. He was going to take, they were going to take those tribes. So Joshua came to take over from Moses after the death of Moses. And what happens? Joshua was giving the same instructions in Joshua chapter 3. So he said 
to Joshua. He said to Joshua, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to let the people know. And when you are able to take over your cross, the Jordan, that will show that you will be able to conquer the parasites, the Amorites, this, once you are able to cross, then that is a sign. He said, I'm going to do a great thing. And when he talked to Moses too, he said the same thing. I'm going to do a mighty thing. So, when Joshua was told the second time, Joshua was part of Moses' team. He was part of the leadership already. So he knew. And this time, God speaks to him. That's you are going to take, you are going to take this part of the river. And once you do that, once I do that, what it shows is that you are going to take over. You are going to, so I read in Joshua 3, so he said, Joshua said to the Israel, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. The words, I'm reading 3, 9. Come here and listen to the word of the Lord your God. And 10, so this is how you know that the living God is among you. And that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hethites, the Hephaestites, the Perizzites, the Gigashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. This is how you know. You know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive, you know. And what was we talking about? He was talking about how they will cross the rest, uh, the, the Jordan. And the Jordan was just not a miracle, but it was a sign for conquest. So, I just want to tell you that the crossing of the Jordan effect, had effects on the breaking or the falling of the walls of Jericho. Oh, hallelujah. Do you, do you get it? Do you understand? I want to tell you this so that you believe that whenever God is ready to do something in our lives, what he does is that he prepares us. He prepares us for a breakthrough. God always prepares us for a breakthrough in our lives. So he prepared them what they were going to do. That they were going to take over the people. And that is how they will know. Crossing of the soul. What I'm doing today, so what I'm doing today is how you know. How you know. So it's a sign that you'll be able to conquer those people. Do you have a sign? May the Lord give you a sign tonight. This week, may the Lord give you a sign. So the second part of what I'm talking about is that it's not a question of getting up and the walls coming down. Before the crossing of Jordan, there were a lot of instructions. What are some of the instructions? Before, it is not just that they went and they saw Jordan and they crossed. 
in a miracle. It didn't happen that way. God has spoken to Joshua long before. So he has prepared him and he told them what to do and what not to do. They had come across the Jordan for three days waiting for the crossing. And he was giving them instructions one after the other. When you hear the trumpets, all of you come from your tents. You know the Israelites, how they were traveling. They were moving. The pillar of cloud was leading them. Then the pillar of fire at night. And then they will stop somewhere. When the pillar moves out, then they move. So you can imagine, you'll be pounding your fufu with your wife and children, then the pillar moves. What do you do? <laughs> you leave and you put the soup and everything, then you move. That is how God was treating them. And it, 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 it must have been a disciplined community. That is why at certain points, if you did something, they just stole you. So, they come for three days. And after the three days, they say they come. But when they were going, they say they gave them a distance. Then they said that the priests were going to carry the ark through the river. And that carrying of the ark by the priests, the ark as we know, it represents the presence of God. The ark. The presence, the presence of God. So the priest just, if you read the account, it, they did not just put their leg like that and that. No, they went into the river. They went into the river. There was fear because the river was uh, like flooded at that time. They went through the river and when they went up to some point, they stood there and he said, the Jordan River, the one coming from up, just rolled over. And then they had a clear ground and they were able to walk. That is number one instructions that they obey. Then after that, they said that now everybody should pass. And they said all of them, not a single person was left. They went through the Jordan River. One professor and his student. And the student was telling the professor about the miracle of the crossing of the Jordan. Then the professor said, look, at that time, it must have been that the Jordan was at its lowest level. So the people virtually, they were walking no, no, it was the rest sea, rather. Then he said it was as it low, so they were able to walk. He would talk about those according to Professor Dees, according to who does not bring any meat. Then the young person said that if it, the river was that low, and then the reader was able to drown the Egyptian, then it was big miracle. The biggest miracle, the low river. 
But this one, it was the season flooded. So the priests themselves, when they were going in, I'm sure they will be afraid. Say, Joshua, are you going to kill us? But the Bible says when they stood in the middle of the river, they obeyed the instruction, the priest first. Then the water folded. The water folded and everyone passed through. So it's like everyone who obeyed passed through. Everyone who obeyed passed through. And then let's go forward and see what happens. So they passed through and they went. But then when they went after chapter 4 of Joshua, is there we see the circumcision, another circumcision, and the Passover at a place called Gilgal. Circumcision of the people because some of them have been born. So uh, during the time of Joshua 2, there was a circumcision because it was a covenant with God. Then is there and then after that they have prepared themselves and waited that they were going to after that the first thing the first task was to attack Jericho Jericho but this time Jericho has been war a huge war it was this time they are going to attack Jericho but then they had the confidence and the confidence was that God has told them that I'm going to show you how you'll be able to conquer the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Gigasites, the Hebesites. So by that time they have confidence already. Why? Because they have obeyed every word that the Lord had told them. If you want to break the walls of Jericho, you have to work hard in obedience. Oh, hallelujah. Or you just want to shout and it happens. So they just didn't shout. But then they prepared themselves. So they were going to take Jericho. And Jericho again here, there were instructions. There were instructions. You remember the story? You remember the story in Jericho, uh, Joshua 4? You see, now when in, in Joshua 4, uh, 5.13, it said, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Are you for us or for our He said, Neither. He replied, The commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. Then Joshua fell face down to worship him. That was the first sign. He, Joshua thought that things were easy. Are you for us or for our enemy? <laughs> Who told you they are your enemy? So he said that, I'm commander of the army of the Lord of hosts. So if you are for the Lord, I am for you. Oh, hallelujah. And those who are for the Lord, what do they do? 
they obey the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. So I'm telling you that the effect was the obedience. And after the obedience, then the victory came. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. So the long verses I read from Joshua 6, 1 to 20 tells you the act there. Then that's go around the walls once every day. Go around six times. But on the seventh day, go around how many? Seven times. They were going once and they would go and rest. And he said, then I will tell you, don't cry. Don't shout a war cry. Don't shout a war cry. So he just asked them just to shout after the trumpet. But they shouldn't shout a war cry. War cry meaning that they are making the noise that we are in war. You see, uh, like uh, soldiers, normally when they are going to war, they sing some songs to boost their morale. He didn't want any of that because he is the Lord and he was going to fight for them. And because of that, he didn't need any of them, man's encouragement. He needed what he wanted to do. He said, just shout after the trumpet. Just shout. And when they shouted, things happened. And the walls of Jericho were broken because the Lord Almighty has been there. Because they had obeyed him. So they obeyed him. Here too, when they were marching, the presence of God was there. When they were going around, they were going around with the same ark. Oh, may the ark of God in you be revived this evening. May the ark of God in you bring out down the strongholds. May the ark of God in you bring down the walls of Jericho. Prayer and worship. Prayer and worship. I'm going to say just one or two things and uh, we'll pray. So, why am I saying all this? What I've told you were the instructions that God gave Joshua and the Israelites and they obeyed. That was immediately when they were about to do so. They gave them so many instructions until they did that. If we are going to war, is it not when you reach the enemy's camp? You just rush Take your positions and then rush and go. Then you say we should go around their, their, their wall how many times? Six times. Then every day, in case they climb the wall and put, hit us with some stone, what will we do? But by that time, the Lord has put the fear of the Israelites on them. The crossing of the rest, uh, the rest sea, they have heard it. The crossing of the Jordan, they have heard it. And because of that, there was fear. The Bible says it. There was fear. And because there was fear, they were trembling. But that prostitute woman, Rehab, had believed. 
she had believed. The prostitute had believed. Not an Israelite had believed. And Joshua said, when you go, pick that woman. Oh, when you repent, may the Lord pick you among the Lord. I say, may the Lord pick you around the Lord. You see, when we read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, go in. He said, we are not fighting flesh and blood, but powers in high places, principalities, and a whole lot. When he calls us to put this whole armor of God, this is why he calls us to that. So one thing we need to know, if you want to see the walls broken, the number one thing is that we should be people who are obedient to God's word. So number one thing is that understanding that the word of God has power. Because in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17, the Bible, the apostle Paul calls it the, 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 the spirit. No. The sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit. So, if it's the sword of the spirit, it can fight for you. So when you are talking, first know that the sword the, the, the sword of the spirit is a weapon that you can use. So there is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing. Once you have the word, you can activate it and it will work. So I want to challenge you tonight. Learn how to activate the word of God in your life. Our sister, is it Dinah or the one who gave the testimony? Hannah, yeah. She said that she just believed the word. And when we reach that point, no one can confuse us. When we reach that point, we have got closer to God. We have believed him. So he too has believed in us. And so when we speak, it comes to pass. Oh, hallelujah. So, the prophet Elijah, he said, by my word. But you see how it's as far as the Lord lives, by my word. It will not rain three and a half years until I speak again. This is someone who has been, but you don't need to be an Elijah to reach that. You need to be you. All you need is that trust and obey. That is what Joshua and the people did. So in Ephesians 6, 17, we read how we can overcome all these powers. Is that the word? Which is a sword that will fight. My brother, my sister, if you don't learn to understand the word of God, you will always be in fear. Confusion. Anybody can confuse you. But those are not 
the people who receive from the Lord. He said, a double-minded person will not receive any good thing from the Lord. So you move from here to here. God has blessed you. You can read. Read the word of God and get power from it. Get power from the word of God. And he will speak to you and he will protect you and he will guide you because you know the word. Somebody was telling me something about some prophet who prophesied. said he has done something because he didn't come. He said, if he doesn't come to my church, he will be hit by a vehicle and he will die. <laughs> then the man was not afraid. Then he, he went to the prophet. The prophet was going to tell him now himself. He has sent the word. So now he said he should come. And then he went and he told him, you will die. Because you don't come to me, you will die. Then the man said, I shall not die. I shall live and declare the wonders of the Lord. Because God has need for you. He has need for you. He will keep you. But if you don't know the word, if you don't know the word, you'll be deceived. Tell your friend, know the word. Again. Tell your friend again. So believe that. You see, you believe that there is power in the word. There is power in the word. So you will not be confused. The second thing he talks about, I'm mentioning this because the whole of Nessier, our team, these are some of the teams we'll be talking about. The second thing that he talks about is truth in Ephesians 6.14. And how does it describe the truth? The belt of truth. Not so. The men, when we dress, we put on a belt. Because if you don't put on a belt, your, your trousers will come down. The belt of truth. And what does truth do to you? What it does is that truth keeps you alert, steady. Your clothes will not, you will not be adjusting your clothes when you are working. When you don't have a good belt, you always be making so. But when your belt is there, you are always steady. The truth makes us we become steady. And he said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. At times as Christians, we lie a lot. Where we are not supposed to lie, we lie. If you come, I will say so. Maybe you won't ask you any question, but you are planning a lie. The more you continue to lie, the more you continue to lose your Christian or your spiritual favor. But he said, live by the truth and the truth should be your belt. And when the truth is your belt, you are not afraid. Because you know that the Lord is you. The last one he talks about, that's uh, Ephesians 6.14. Then he talks about the same 6.14. He talks about the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness. We have said that righteousness keeps us our heads out. The Bible says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach. So how can a young man keep his life pure? 
by walking according to the word of the Lord. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. And when we begin to when we begin to collect these things in our lives, it's there and then that we don't need to do any war cry. Wherever we find ourselves and we are in trouble, the walls shall be broken. I said the walls shall be broken. So tonight, I want to call upon you. I want to call upon you to say that if we stand and obey the Lord, if we obey the Lord, when we call upon him, he will hear us. Let me say this. I was a young man during the Rollins time when Ghana was. <laughs> then there was curfew. Then I've gone to church and I was staying far away and I was walking. So just before the curfew time, everybody had gone to their house and it was a night and I was coming. And I was going to, I think I went to witness, witness a rally or something. Then I wore my tie in those days, white, and my black trousers. Then I was singing one of the, I've forgotten the song I was singing. I was singing one of the, I was coming. The, the street was quiet in the night. But as I was going, getting closer to my house, but the house was a bit far, though. Then I saw two people. This person was like this, a giant with a, Rasta, I mean high person, huge. Then he had some other one too, very small. Then they were coming. So as soon as with all my, I, I was singing like, sons of God, march forward. There is, as soon as I saw them, the sons of God tongue was, I was confused. All of a sudden I became quiet. Then I realized that what? Am I not the one say? Come <laughs> you say we, we are we are conquerors. of God. Then I picked that part, sons of God. As I was going, I heard something like, "Off, they have gone." Hallelujah. I've not seen that thing before. Whether they were hot, or I knew it that they just vanished. There is a power that protects us. I was, I was just a young boy. But then, the Lord was with me. So, your obedience at Jordan will bring down your Jericho walls. Your obedience at Jordan. When you carry it through, the effect is that it will bring down your Jericho walls. So what are the herbicides and parasites in your life? What are the issues in your life? Just give God a little chance in your life and see what he can do. Shall we stand up? Trust and obey.